0: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome ladies to the Spears and Spirit Steinberg Spirit Podcast. Spirit. Right here with, right
1: with Spears.
2: How y'all feel out there? It is Spears. you
1: want to I have good evening. Bartholomew Carrington III. $10, a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> what time is it? Game time. Game bug space. Can't <laughs> get you. Redfoot's the liquid slave name. Line know you dig this. You feel it and that's how I get outside. What it do, son? Now I mean fam. Yo, what up, I? are the small I'm dukes, kid. Now I mean God. We in New York, baby. Had to pull out my New York dialect. We're New York ish. Ish. We're in Nyack, New York. Uh was this, I was gonna say is this considered upstate? Yeah, it's uh Rockland County. So we like a uh an hour, what is it, hour from the city, hour twenty?
0: Forty five minutes from uh forty five minutes to an hour from my house. Right. But right. you live in Hoboken. Yeah, you came from the airport, so you had a little extra. Okay. So
1: anyway, we near we near New York, but not quite. Uh, but it is what it is, God. What it do, son? Yo, kid. Um, yo, big shout out to our boy who came through. And is, and my apologies to you, son, because I know you're listening. Uh, you know, when I be, like I say, I be before the show, I got my headphones in and I'm, it's game time. Ooh. So I be focused and shit came up to me. Set what's up, we slapped hands, but I, I wasn't really focused on, on what he was talking about because I was in the in the zone. But then afterwards, he came up after the show to, to the merch table and was like, yo, nigga, what up, y'all? June Bug's fight. <laughs> June Bug came out. Oh, shit. And I was, you know, damn, son, we got a face to the name. And nigga, black is my t-shirt, though. Dude, he was cool. And it was funny is uh he was giving you shit about not getting his emails read. Right. But I go, but you but you made the intro. Yeah, nigga, you in the title song. So. That nigga raped me, daddy. <laughs> and it was funny. We all took a picture and while we was taking the picture and posing, I whispered in his ear, I said, nigga, why you raped that white girl? <laughs> Yo, he, he was, man, June Buck's fave, baby.
0: And, and And then someone said about going to put that on Google that way I go dude if they put that on Google every time the word rape goes in your name's going to come up and he goes oh yeah I don't want that on Google that
1: way (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but good seeing you boy Uh, thank you for making your presence felt slapping hands with a knuckle Uh, appreciate you baby and and we had another
0: dude come out Justin uh, came out on the second show okay Uh, the one I told you about to fart down the mic. Yeah. And you, he wanted, said he wanted to fart on me. Yeah, well, he he feels like you fart um, uh, in my in my direction all the time. Right. So he was going to, he was going to, he was wanting to drop a silent but deadly
1: on you. Yeah. Nice dude. I'm glad he didn't do that though. <laughs> uh, the, the, the the reciprocation wouldn't have been cordial. But it, it, was, it was funny. You know,
0: he's a good dude. He came out, uh, he brought uh, some of his fam and um, it was good.
1: Yeah, man. And, uh, always good to get that new york energy man it just just i I just love the east coast energy baby it's just beautiful um before we roll into the thick of things i was waiting on andy to come to my room and they showed a a preview of the upcoming season two uh just got picked up the equalizer yeah i saw that i can't believe the show has gotten a second season dude they showed a preview of some dude in an action sequence where he was running from her and she dove on this nigga and put him in a bear hug and they both slammed each other on a table that got broken. Pardon me, here's my ice. I'll be right back. I'm leaving all this in.
0: See, here's the thing that Aries didn't want to say right now. Uh, the ice at the hotel we're staying, nice hotel, but they only have ice on the second floor. And uh, what he did he hung up the phone after they told I'm him back. it was only the second floor. And then so he called him back and said, my back is injured. Can someone bring up the ice? So now he's just yelling about his back. back. That dude didn't believe you at all.
1: He did. Why didn't you believe me? He's... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: You know why he brought the ice, right? Why? A motherfucking Aries Spears Oh that guy. Damn it!
0: That's why
1: I get ice and fat, unwanted black pussy by <laughs> big fat black bitches from Mississippi.
0: No, uh, they tell you off after the show.
1: The fat black bitches from Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah, but then they get hungry. <laughs> it's all that yammering with their jaws, making them want hog head cheese and fucking hot water cornbread and other shit. How's your ice? It feels wonderful. Aries has to have cold water. Dude, let me tell you, I like my beverages Arctic cold, Uh, especially milk when I'm about to dust off a pastry, nigga. I like the the milk to almost have ice shingles in it. There's nothing better that goes down your palate and your throat than ice cold, homogenized dairy milk when you're trying to wash some host the sugar off your tongue. And that's when Barry White lays flat on his back inside your mouth, on your tongue, as the milk washes over his naked body and it goes down your throat and you taste Barry White's skin juices plus the milk. He says, ah, baby, that milk going past my chocolate nuts and my chocolate nipples and my greasy hair down your throat, baby. <laughs> I'm glad I don't drink milk because that would have grossed me out right Dude, now. Dude, that's so, that so seems like a family guy thing. Like That does seem it, like a family it? guy. Like yeah, that yeah, description, yeah, yeah. they would yeah, yeah. really show yeah. Barry White's black neck, fat ass in your tongue, on your tongue, laying there. You, ah, baby. <laughs> and as the milk turns to chocolate, it's not because it's washing past my skin, but because I took a. Doo doo baby, uh, no, <laughs> definitely glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't drink no. Anyway, uh, so yeah, what was it talking about? Uh, being, oh, cool. being in New York, nah, nigga. I oh know no, that. the I uh, yeah, the equalizer, the equalizer. <laughs> hey, I brought it back. <laughs> I, I remembered something. Holy shit, it was like they put them two things on your chest in the hospital. Clear, <laughs> and you <laughs> you came back. Okay, the equalizer. Oh yeah, dove she, on him, bear yes. hug, bear hug, and slam this nigga to the table, and the table broke. And I just went, this looks so dumb. This big dick big titty bitch really is slamming niggas, bear hugging and slamming niggas. It just looks
0: dumb. Dude, all I can say is that I like, I like her. She's she's a good person, and if she can have continued success on CBS, oh, a national television network, <sighs> more power
1: to her. There we go. All right. Let's get to the business. Um, Dave Chappelle's Netflix special, "The Closer." Um, he's he's done for what it's worth. He's done. No, "Killing Me Softly" was his first one. HBO arguably what, the best one. Uh, My favorite one. Okay, uh, for what it's worth, on Showtime, uh, "Equanimity," uh, "The Bird's Eye Revelation," "The Age of Spin." Sticks and Stones. I forget what the one was called that he did in Texas, but now The Closer. So he's had eight specials. Where do you rank this one? Uh,
0: you know, uh, as I said, I think Dave is doing more with comedy than anyone else ever has. Right. I think Richard Pryor provides a blueprint of what comedy could do. I don't do. think
1: anybody has more records and more specials than George Carlin. No. I think George has the record. He has the most. Right. prior is probably second. Well,
0: and Carlin was the first to like really do a special like every year, almost every year he did right. a special. So that's what he was really the only one doing that. And he was staying topical on everything. So, uh, but this one, this one for here from Dave, it's one of the best, man. I think he took, I think he's, whether you liked it or didn't like is it. Is it
1: better than Killing Me Softly? No. Is it better than Equanimity? I liked it a lot. My top two is, is, is Killing Me Softly. I, I actually think equanimity is better than Killing Me Softly. But Killing Me Softly is number two to me. And this is not anywhere up there in terms of it, above everything else. Not because it wasn't good, but because this is so vastly different in terms of tone and his agenda. This felt like a clear-cut agenda that it, like he was on a mission specifically with this one to address the dun, 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 community. Well, I think it was to clear, like you said, it's a mission, but
0: I thought it was to clear the air and set the record straight. And he did it with comedy, but not not the comedy that people are used to. Like, people are you want jokes all the time.
1: Fast food comedy. And every now and then he serves you a veal cut uh, with some... Shit you can't pronounce as side dishes,
0: dude. I really like. I said again, and I've been saying this about him is he's taken. He's showing other people what can be done with comedy, and and I really, I, I, I. Not only do I applaud him, but I, I look up to him. I respect him. Everything about what he's
1: doing, I, I have. Man, I, I said it in my post. This motherfucker makes you realize you have to step your pen game up. Um, and look, let's be honest. You can be funny without being, and I'm not saying you should try to be him, but you can be funny, obviously, without achieving his level of uh, greatness and execution and and, and thought process. Because Again, this is why comedy is subjective. Um, and the reality is everybody can't be him. Everybody can't even get close to being him. There are a few that some will debate and say, you know, are close to him in certain ways or uh you know but yeah he if anything he should inspire you to dig deeper but i say that again we all want to dig deeper we all want to be the best that we can be we all maybe some of us want to be the best but wanting it and having the talent to do so is two different things
0: well also when you said you know people people would want to be dave or you want to be uh, any any comic that you look up to that you want to be, you gotta you gotta remember that's took years to get to that spot, and people who are new comics they think they're going to be you can't be that funny, that soon, and even as genius as Eddie Murphy was at a young age, doing his comedy, mm-hmm. the comedy still is on a level that isn't developed to what, when you're talking about things in a delicate, area like, um, Dave is doing right now. Man. So, I mean, this is this is this is expertise. This is a
1: surgeon. You know, it would really have been great. I mean, we're all grateful for the movie career that Eddie has had because Lord knows he he's been a juggernaut, at least for uh all of the eighties and a good portion of the nineties. For almost fifteen years, Eddie was undeniable. Um so of course we you wouldn't want him to not be the movie star that he was comedically because he was he was so he was such a master at it. But part of me all, almost wishes he hadn't been as successful because I think that stopped him from being deeper into stand-up. Because it's, 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 it's real easy to get relaxed when you do movies because it's an easier paycheck. It, it's, it's not, the grind is not the same. And, and when you get used to that, you go, well, you only do stand-up because you love it. But if you're so successful as a movie star or a television star, technically you don't have to do it for the money. You, you don't have to do it, I'm, I'm doing stand up cause I gotta pay my mortgage or my bills. No, your TV career and your movie career is taking care of that. So you don't have to do stand up for money. For, you're only doing it for the love. Well, when you're working
0: as much as he was too, doing movies, I mean, where do you find the time to get a weekend to go do? It, listen,
1: man, if it's in your soul, you'll find it. You make room for what you want. You make room for what you want. I don't buy that. That to me is an excuse. If you really want to do it and it's in your blood, you'll make the same way Jack Nicholson can make time out of his movie schedule and put it in his contract. He got to go to Laker games.
0: Yeah, but you could get a Laker game, and it's two, two, or you know, four hours, whatever part of your day. The drive, the t- taking the time over there, I get that. But here's, but stand up is a dedication where you have to go, you have to wait, and then you go up. Listen, Jim Carrey. I'm going to use Jim Carrey as an example because he was an, an amazingly funny stand up, and then he got busy making movies and stop doing stand up. Is it because he didn't love stand up or is it just because when you dedicate that much time to entertainment, you only have so much time for yourself? I don't buy that.
1: I, I believe if you are a purist and stand up is in your blood and your bones, you don't ever walk away from something that you love. And I'm not saying Eddie didn't love stand up, but maybe Eddie loved movies more. Because for a guy to be that funny, he only he's like Biggie. He only got two pieces of, of work. Delirious and Raw. That's it. Whereas Dave Chappelle, you could see stand-up in his blood. Chris Rockett's in his blood. However, I would say on the flip side, is Dave the greatest movie star? We don't know because the only thing we've seen is the cult classic Half-Baked.
0: Well, He was great in uh, Star is Born. It was only a, it was a small role,
1: but he was, he was okay, great. Okay, but and- I'm, I'm, I'm saying I don't know if Dave is the movie star that Eddie is in terms of persona in terms of being able to deliver on film. It's a whole different beast. And I've always said, just because you're good at one thing, don't mean you're going to be great at the other. Chris Rock, brilliant stand-up, never really was a movie star. So there's, it could be flipped either way. Yeah. Um, Chris Rock does have a lot of movies. He's been in movies. Yeah. But he ain't never really been the star of movies. And when he tried to, they didn't bode well. They didn't take off. Right. You know Richard Pryor,
0: the same, the the same thing. I mean, he has flip some, with
1: Richard, right. Yeah. Richard Richard was in a lot of movies, but he never had that power box office appeal that Eddie did. Um, but yeah, Dave's a Dave's Dave's a gym rat, man, and and uh uh That's what Dave does. I said I said, look, Dave is like the Miles Davis of comedy man. He knows how to play this instrument called comedy. I mean, he is the comedy what Ali was to boxing, Um, or would anybody is great, a master of their craft, he is that. And it's so crazy because I sent out a post, I reposted that picture of me and Dave that we took together when I was in Ohio and he came through. And um, I said, man, my fantasy tour would have been me, Dave and Patrice. And I said, who opens, who middles and who closes? And I went, I know what y'all gonna say. And I'm being honest, to me, the order was, I open, Patrice middles, and Dave closes. Most people f- agreed with that assessment, but then there were some people who went Aries. I think Patrice opens, you middle, Dave closes. Maybe two percent said I close. I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree with that at all. Um, but the thing that got me was, and this is why we know comedy's subjective. Yo, know, there were one or two people who wrote Dave's overrated. One dude said, yo, I don't even find him that funny, honestly. Like he said, why would you fantasize about that? Why not you, Eddie Murphy, and Cat Williams? But Dave ain't even that funny. I know it's subjective, and you guys are entitled to that opinion. But that's an insane opinion. How is he overrated? What are you seeing that the rest of us aren't seeing? The intelligence is there. The the man knows history. He can he can he can deal with the most taboo of subjects and make them funny, which is very hard to do. He can he he can go off the cuff. What is it just what is it that you're not getting? It's, in terms of his skill.
0: It's the way it's served, man. Dave serves comedy in a way that
1: most people don't. I no don't say most people don't. Most people do. Serve it that way? Oh, I thought you were saying that most people couldn't Intercept. No, no, no. He serves right, okay, a different Okay, right, right, right.
0: I mean, if you want comedy that's boom, 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 boom,
1: laugh, laugh, laugh,
0: joke, joke, joke. Fast food comedy. You're not gonna Dave isn't gonna appeal to you. You actually have to listen
1: to Dave. Dave has something right. to say. Right. So if you're not And he actually can give you the boom, 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 boom. Well, yeah, he can. But he 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 it's it's mixed in with all that other
0: shit. But and he already Listen, I'm not going to defend Dave because Dave doesn't need defense.
1: Oh, I'm not defending yeah, no, no, him. No, I just no, don't no, know no, how someone a, would no, go overrated. I
0: was going to, I was going to point out some other things, but it's not even worth pointing out. Please don't point it out. No, I mean, you know, on his first albums, that's what he did. He did com- the comedy that people there was jokes and there was still it was still smart comedy, but it was quicker. It was he
1: gave you that in killing in him, him softly. softly.
0: He did. Right. So you know we can that that's but he developed his uh, you saw the style in killing him softly that he would go to. You could have seen he could have went in a different direction. He could have just been someone who told jokes for the purpose of telling jokes and having people sit in the seats. He's telling his story. I think I, I give it to him for that because I that's what I think comedy is supposed to do. That's what Pryor did, but Pryor didn't take it to that next level yet. And like I said, Pryor was the blueprint for what uh, I think Dave is doing, but Dave
1: is taking it to the next level. Let me tell you, I thought of all his specials, the weakest one to me was the Bird's Eye Revelation, the one in the belly room. That just to me, I, there were spots where I went, oh yeah, yeah, but for the most part, it felt like something, being, something about him being in that small space, he performed small. Whereas in them other specials, he's in a fucking theater. So it felt like he gave a lot more in terms of energy and vibe. To me, equanimity is so great because it's a mixture of both. Yeah, It's a mixture of boom, 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 killing him softly. But then, hey, this is the jazz section where we slow it down. And I'd give you some shit to think about. It was a great blend of both. But the one at the cellar, he stayed in
0: the, he stayed in the. Comedy stool. store. Yeah. The, yeah. You sorry. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. Apologize. Comedy store. He stayed on. he stayed in on his stool the whole time. Right. He delivered a special in a way that, man, I, you know what? This is it for me. And I, and this thing we, I just think he's a genius. He delivers the way that he wants to. He set the mood for that. You might have not enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I really liked seeing a stripped down version. That was when you said jazz. That's a great way to describe it because that was a stripped down version of comedy. Right. He took all the he took all the shine, took all the the, the frills out of it, and he just put a stool, a small room, and said, "I'm going to talk to you," and and
1: that felt very Dick Gregorish. Whatever, dick yeah,
0: yeah. It, dude. I just thought that that was a really, a really clean. Shit I'm not saying I don't. Comedy. I
1: didn't like it. I know you said. that. I'm just saying of all of them, it felt so intimate that it's almost like his comedy. It's a whisper
0: because we're intimate in this small room. But he made you listen when he did it that way. Yeah, I, I, I really like. I could watch him seriously, and I, this is gonna, this is just gonna sound like I'm fucking riding Dick. Yeah. Dude, if the dude wanted to read a menu to me,
1: I'm sure he could make it funny. Dude, if I could do a Dave Chappelle impression, because I that I know what you, I know exactly what you mean, but I can't do a Dave Chappelle impression. Dude, I he could just you know, right? And peas, but it's peas, right? Right? You no,
0: know? I and mean, I can't do Dave.
1: I can't do an impression, but just you want peas, huh? <laughs> dude, he could make. I, I know, yeah, I know what you mean, but I can't do a Dave Chappelle impression. Dude, it's fucking.
0: He's he, listen, man. He's just a genius, and people don't get it. I, I'm I'm sorry for him. That's crazy. Yeah, that's I, crazy. I'm so, I'm sorry for you not understanding. Now, if you don't like what he talked about, that's a whole nother story. Yeah, that's a completely
1: different thing. But is David a genius? I just, but, but but even if you if you don't, he ain't your cup of tea. Fine. But do you realize when you use the word overrated? Yeah. That's almost an insult. Like, come on, man. Dave on his worst day is better than most comics on their best day. I'm not,
0: I'm not going to disagree with that.
1: Let me tell you something, man. I haven't seen Dave on his worst day, though. I don't think anybody has. And I don't know that there necessarily is a worst day unless you consider him working shit out a worst day.
0: But when he did, what what was the how many hours did he do? Something like eight hours or something. At the Laugh Factory, dude. That day, I'm sure you could find sections that were Listen, There, the
1: there's, there's a clip on YouTube of him performing at Danger Fields in New York, and he's doing six hours, six hours. So I'm sure there's some spots, but you know, even but but I have to say, and now I'm a sound like I'm dick riding, but even as he used the term in 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 the closure. Uh, taking class to sit there and watch him try to figure shit out yeah. for six hours. Other than a couple of bathroom breaks and maybe a, some popcorn.
0: I'm in. Yeah. But you got to appreciate comedy in a different way when you watch someone work it out. I saw Chris Rock at the, at the comedy store as well. And he was working some shit out and it was funny to watch him on stage because he would slow down and then he would, you know, it, it didn't have the rhythm. Right. You know, because he didn't give you the Chris. Uh, yeah. Because he was working on jokes. And what right. I and I love what, what's genius about Chris too is he doesn't do that when he's working it out. He wants to know that the joke is funny. And once the joke is funny, then he'll put the, the rock the, polish the, the on the rockisms yeah. on it.
1: So he gets But I cut my hands like a lobster club. <laughs> and I and I repeat, I say things twice. Say things twice.
0: So but he was on stage and he was slow right. and he was working out. And he would tap his, you know, he would tap his head like and, and someone goes, Come on, Chris, you can do it. And he just stopped. He goes, "Yeah, I, I know I can do it. That's what I'm here doing, you know. Just relax, right. I got it, you know." He wasn't. There, there is something to be said though when you get to the point where people know who you are and know what you've so got. So glad you brought that up. That you can just go out there and go, you know, I know I got this. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it. And, but that's a whole different level. But that people give you that time. Most of us don't get that time. Right. Most of us, like, there's last night. If you would have came to my sh- to the show last night and my set last night, and you would have came in on certain jokes last night because they gave me extra time, and I just wanted to do some, I, I want to fuck with the audience a little bit. If you would have walked in on one of those jokes, <laughs> you would have been like, "This dude doesn't know what the fuck he's doing." <laughs> right, 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 and I- and I have to live with that. I'm not one of those guys. That- so, I mean, I I really appreciate guys like like what we're talking about with that experience that don't mind going into a room and not try to kill and try to work it out and try and so that- That's why
1: I got to tip my hat cuz I know I'm not that dude. I I I I you know and this is to what you would always tell me, man, you got to go to the store, you got to go to the store. And, and and going to the store is where I can take my time. When I'm in front of a packed room, I'd be wanting to work shit out, but I'm like, nigga, this is showtime. Right. These people paid, nigga. You got to put, you got to do your Jordan shit and give them 40.
0: But when you're at, when you're at the store and you're doing a 12 minute, what is it? 12 minute, 15 minute set, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what that's made for is to work out stuff. Right. You know, but then you go to the, then you find these other guys and I'm, and I'm not complaining about other people who do this this way. They go and they work out 15 minutes and then they work out a new 15 minutes. They're doing so much 15 minute that they don't, they can't get an hour to go on the road with. So there's, there's, there's two ends to these stories.
1: Um, it's funny when you said that about you become it's like you really become the brand cuz i noticed like dave is now the brand yeah dave brand and when he came out i noticed how he did that thing where he, you know physically he puts the leg up on the speaker and leans over and when he did that and he leaned over and he did a couple of moves one white dude stood up and was clapping and the audience wow and i'm like he's the brand. that's the daveism yeah. Just like he, when he'll tell a joke and hit himself on the leg and laugh, that's the Davism. Like I said with Chris Rock, everything twice, sometimes, case, twice. he go, that's the Chris Rock. You know, so Dave is becoming that, he's the brand now. But, you know, and and, and to that, when you said that,
0: I've been on I've been on a stage before, and you know how much effort it took in my head to go go ahead, get comfortable. Stand. I was in the stage and they had a big speaker on stage. I right. stood on, I stood on the speaker. I was like, that's a big move. And people, you wouldn't think that it's a big move to right. do that, but it's a big move. Norm McDonald, rest in peace, Norm. Norm told me he doesn't take the mic out of the stand. He doesn't ever want, he couldn't figure right. out a comfortable way. So that's why he did his whole set standing there with the stand. Right. So that just goes to show you, you know, when you said the brand or what, however you are, man, every detail to a comic mm-hmm. is something. Yeah. You know, because that that shows either comfortability or just uh, just how he wants to remove himself or make you feel about him. But right. and then you go to Norm and Norm, who I think is a genius comic, never wanted to touch the mic, never wanted to try to pull it out of the sand.
1: <laughs> right. So, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, You know, I got to ask you this in, in terms of your opinion. So in the very opening, Dave did the one joke uh, where he talked about something about the preacher. I, I, forget, I, I wish I could remember what he said, but something about, something about the preacher. And it was, it was a really shocking punchline about either fucking or something. I God, I can't remember it. But my point is, when you get to a certain point where you feel like you've done everything, or you've reached a certain height of, ah, with an audience. And you've, to, to some degree, you have to now live up to that. Do you start just saying shocking shit just for the sake of being shocking? Or because you're really trying to test the waters and just push the boundaries even further to see if you can and where you can take it? Or you just doing it to do it because you're bored?
0: I think, well, I don't think it's, maybe it could. I think it's challenging. I, I wouldn't use the word being bored. I think you'd want to challenge yourself and the audience. How much how much further can I take this? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I don't know. Like I I can give you examples from how I feel like and again, I'll go back to last night. I kept taking it further and further till when you came out there and it I took it past where it could go. Right. But how do you know where it's past where you can go? Right. Unless you go there. So Oh, was it him talking about being fucked by a preacher? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah, what it was. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I thought it was funny. But is he trying to say that you know what is he saying by that? Is he saying that I'm tired of the stories that everybody, every this has happened to everybody, uh, you know, a lot. This has happened to a lot of people. This isn't news anymore. Is that what he was saying? Uh, uh, we need to know that this happened and this ha- goes on, right? I mean, because there's always a message behind. Dave's work, right. So, what was the message behind that?
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, um, I was kind of wondering that too. And then when I watched it again the second time, I really didn't even pay attention to it because I really cared about that second half. Yeah, which was was extremely deep to me. Uh,
0: But that was kind of reminiscent of prior saying he sucked a dick,
1: right? Who ain't, ain't everybody done sucked a dick before? Who ain't never sucked a dick, right? Yeah, I get. Maybe I have to watch it a third time because it just to me felt like, especially when he came out and it was the big Dave Chappelle. You know, you you know, you know, you want to bang bang and hit immediately and be explosive, and it definitely rocked you back. But I just wondered, damn, is he is this now just for the sake of you know, I'm Dave and I'm gonna shock the fuck out of you, or was there a real? Message and a point to that.
0: I don't know that that is that's the question. And but also, just before we go any further into this, because Dave's put out so many specials recently, and then you brought up uh, uh, Carlin, who brought you know, right. we said almost special every year. And now that's the thing that's the go to. Everybody was trying to do a special every year, right. and I noticed everybody's. It kind of seems like maybe that's pulled back a little bit because I haven't seen a rush, or maybe because we were in the pandemic and it wasn't an easy. You couldn't record, and right. you know, I don't. If you're doing Topical, if you're doing conversation of the day, I understand getting that material out there. But if you're doing jokes, if you're doing a joke, a body of work that moves with with in a flow with other jokes, that you're setting up something that represents you, I don't like this trying to get it out every year. Because a joke doesn't always grow up and become an adult joke. Good point. It needs, sometimes it's a two, three year process to get a fucking solid hour where everything is seamless and just works together.
1: I think sometimes comics get caught up in uh, volume rather than quality. You know, they figure the more they put out, the, the, the better it makes them. And I'm like, I don't give a shit if you serve me 15 dishes. If they all, if 14 out of the 15 tastes like shit, well, it don't count. Give me the one dish that, is superb. Well, and that's why that's what the like the store and the seller
0: are for and, and the stand. So you can go and you can work out material and you can throw things out there and see what's but but some of those things like I had jokes that I wrote seven years ago, right? And I got at this new beat and I was like, oh, fuck, that joke that I wrote seven years ago that didn't go anywhere and I wasn't ready for that joke. I had the right. idea, but I wasn't ready for it. It goes with this joke and I put those together and I made this like seamless piece. That I wouldn't have had if I just had thrown that out there and, you know, I'm not at that level anyway, so I shouldn't worry about it. But what I'm saying is if I had been and I had already wasted that, it, right. it doesn't, it, it takes time to make this. It, yeah. It's it's like, you know, there's wine that comes out every year. Well, they make wine quickly and that wine goes out or there's aged wine that develops slowly and builds character and becomes something. Uh, I kind of, as much as I like what Dave's doing, I'm glad that he said he was going to slow down.
1: That wine, the good wine, the one, when you do that wine, shit,
2: yeah.
1: you, you're right.
0: But I, I'm glad that he said he was going to take a break. Cause I want, I, I want to hear
1: something that he's, he's worked. Well, we, we, we'll, we'll know that when we see it. Cause then remember in equanimity, he goes time to make America wait again. Yeah. After that special. And then came sticks and stones and now the closer. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I mean. That might be that in his blood shit. That if something topical happens, it sparks an idea or motivates him to go, I got to put this out there. That, and, that, and you're not just going to put out, especially with five minutes of new material. You got Once you get in the pool, you're in the pool. Well, but that's the other thing. Maybe he's
0: put all these out there because these are, like you said, these, these moments that he feels he has to address. And he gets them out there. And that's why some people have said it's too focused. It's just one rant. It's not, you know, it's not. Right and maybe that's cuz that's what he's doing and at the same time Dave is Dave has hours and hours of, if you can stand up in front of a crowd that long he has hours and, maybe that is in the background what he's working on and then you know who knows when that would come out where it's a bit it's a big deal and you know what he doesn't he can do whatever he wants to do he's dave I, i'm saying that about not really even him i'm saying about comics in general and comedy itself i feel like some of the material's gotten watered down because they're not aging it they're not working the material right. enough uh, and I would like to see it. I would like to
1: see a Dave album that had a couple of years to mature. When he did, when he did the joke about the children's book, and he called it Clifford the Big Black nigga, dude. This is, and I said this before. Curse words, particularly, particularly the N word. When certain comics do it, it's poetry. It don't sound like nigga. And within the context of what the joke was, what his point was, Dave, Pryor, uh, Patrice, there are certain dudes where when they curse, you go, that is not for effect. It fits within the context of what they're talking about. And it felt like music. It felt like when Mariah Carey would hit that highest note. She didn't do it every song, but when it was needed and she did it, it felt appropriate. Dave knows when to put that accent on shit at the right time. And I thought it was brilliant. I loved it. It made me laugh. Hearing him go, Clifford, the big back nigga. That shit, it just felt right to me.
0: And I like how he brought it back a couple times. Right. Because that felt like it was within a rhythm of a joke again. That's right. what I'm talking about. And working. he didn't
1: need to say nigga again. Nope. Once he said Clifford, the big back the big black nigga. And then went Clifford. Clifford. Clifford, you knew it was the big black nigga. I mean, it's just it's it, again, I remember I, I think I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, comedian Gerald Kelly, brother out of New York, black people know him. Green eyes, real green eyes, heavy set nigga. He would do stand-up and he had his son, who at the time was, you know, uh early teens and Gerald was trying to groom his son into doing stand-up. And every time you would see Gerald at a place, his son was with him because he would give his son stage time. I remember I watched his son one time. And I said to Gerald, hey, man, based on the context of what your son is talking about, the way he's talking about it, why don't you allow him to say such and such? And it wasn't nigga, but it was a curse word. And he was against it. He was like, nah, that's my son. And he's a child and... And I said, Gerald, I don't you couldn't be more wrong. Why are you if if, why are you looking at it from the aspect of he's a child? Well, then if he's a child and you want to protect him as a child, don't put him in stand up. Right. Don't put him in an arena where words and thought and execution and context all swim in the same pool. They're all tools. They're all tools. You not let him have all the tools, right? If you if you gonna do that, then wait till he then don't put him in stand up till he's twenty one or old enough to do it on his own. What are you protecting him from? The genius it might be in the way he uses the word when he needs it. Let, let the let the boy work, man. So what? What was what happened? No, he didn't. He didn't believe that. He didn't thought I was wrong, and I said, hey, that's do it your way. Then well. The other side of that is, if you can teach someone
0: how not to use any of those words in the beginning, right? Then they learn how to come up with other words
1: and be clean, and be clean, and then you become a, either a Sinbad or a Brian Regan, yeah, two of the best clean comics ever. So maybe that was his goal. That was his intent. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, if if that was his intent, then he should have said that what you said, but I don't think he thought that far ahead. I I see the advantage now that I didn't
0: see when I first started doing comedy when people said work clean because when you work clean you do corporate gigs. You can get corporate gigs. You, you can colleges. get TV stuff. You can get you're yeah. available for more. Yeah. But I also had another uh another person who's a producer who uh I went to go do something and they told me be clean because it's it's for radio, it's for TV, be clean. And I went up there and I did it and he came back and I'm going to say who it was, but he came back in the green room, goes, Very funny stuff. I go, I hated it. I didn't even look, I didn't know it was him. Right. I go, I hated that. That was the fucking worst. So fucking sucks. And I was right, pissed. Right, right. And he goes, What was wrong with it? And I go, they told me not to cuss like two minutes before I went on stage and fucked up my whole rhythm. And he, and then I saw it was him. And I go, and I'm sorry. This right. has nothing to do with you. And I apologize. And he goes, No, but he goes, Let me give you a bit of advice. Don't listen to what these other people tell you. He goes, I'm here <laughs> scouting out things that I like. Right. If I like what you're saying. And it has cuss words in it, then I'll say, hey, man, I really like that. Is there a way do we can take that out? Or I'll help you find words to replace it so it could be TV ready or it could be ready for radio. Right. But you would just fuck yourself by trying to change your joke on the fly. Right. Because that's my job. If I like it and I see there's there's potential there, I'll tell you. Don't right. go change it for me so that you can try to fit it into what I need.
1: Right.
0: Let me fit what you do into what I need.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, and this is why, you know, I'm thankful for my mother being who she was. And again, my mother sang jazz and blues. She was an artist. So she knows in the name of art, uh, you shouldn't have any limits and any boundaries. Uh, art should never have a cage, man. It's a bird. It needs to fly wherever it wants to go. So when my mother took me up to the Uptown Comedy Club in Harlem, because we couldn't get in at the improv, uh, she she, you know, I cursed like a sailor. Now, does that mean I knew what I was doing? Not necessarily, but you know, my mom, my dad, they were heavy in the prior. You know, they were they were heavy heavy in the comedy. So they they said, "Hey, man, be the be the raw clay that you are, and you'll figure out how be, how to become the sculpture the sculpture you you want to be." But she never held me back, and I fucking loved it. I, I again, I said I grew up with parents who my mom and dad would watch hardcore movies and let me and my sister watch them. I told you my dad took me to see the first Death Wish. Most horrific rape scene ever. Now I don't know that was that was right or necessary. But, you know, my parents let me see Sweet Daddy Sweetback's Badass Song and Black Exploitation films and words where, where nigga and all kinds of expletives was used at a, at a high, high volume rate. And I think that's part of what made me in terms of edge. like you, I, I, I agree. Clean. There's more money, easy money, corporate gigs, TV. But I like spicy, man. I, I, I like being a spicy motherfucker. I love it. I just love it, dude. It makes my dick hard, man. <laughs> 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 um I wanna make sure we get the light shit out the way before we get heavy. Um <sighs> I think we're there now. Uh which one are we gonna cover? Oh, well, before we go there. Um, because I got the answers to what you were asking me earlier about it. Okay. Before we go there, I just want to say one more thing, and this maybe just me complimenting this man again. One of the things I notice when I watch him, this man, you can feel and hear where he has the audience in the palm of his hand. There's listening, and then there's leaning in listening. And his uh his uh God, what's the word? The way he sets tempo. That's why I say jazz. Yeah. You can feel where when he's talking, his voice may lower. He'll talk a little slower. He knows how to play tricks in terms of getting the audience sucked in so that when he takes you on this emotional ride, you're there with him. You can hear a mouse as the saying goes, piss on cotton. And I'm like, yo, that, that to me is... Besides the jokes and the intelligence, and I don't think a lot of comics pick up on that, it's it's really knowing how to control that fucking room. Some guys are funny as fuck, but they can't control the room. They, some guys are hilarious, but they don't know tempo. Dave knows how to do all that shit.
0: That's the skill set, man. It's remarkable. Um... But that's also being willing to take that journey, where to learn how to do that. Because if you're just and this is part of like when what Patrice said, oh, it's e- it's easy to kill. Well, right. what, what was that? What do you say? Yeah, yeah killing easy. is easy. Killing is easy because if you could kill, if you can just go out there and laugh, break, laugh, break, laugh, break, you don't have to know how to do any of that other shit. You don't know how to have to wheel, and you don't know how to ruin a crowd and then bring them back up. You don't know how to dig yourself out of a hole because you don't have to do that. Right. And that's to me, that's the funnest part about doing comedy. And and I and I scariest part, too. But, you know, you know me and, you know, I'm not ta- I'm not saying I'm talented and skilled on the level of you guys. You guys are on a different level. You guys been doing for so many more years as part of your blood.
1: Hey, man, I'm I'm not even because I'm I, I admit I'm nervous to dig out of that hole.
0: But, you know, there's nothing that I enjoy more than digging myself out of the right. hole. And I, and I do enjoy it because I know that I took them with me. And if I can bring them out with me, then then they might have not even realized what they got went through with me. And we got to do that together. That is, that is something that I really enjoy doing. And you always say to me, why do you always have to put yourself in that hole? I don't know why, but it's something. It's-
2: and maybe
1: I shouldn't say that to you because if, if you figure out how to masterfully dig out, yeah, then I'm, 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 I'm hindering you by saying that.
0: Well, sometimes I put myself in too much of a hole and it's, it's, a, it's, you know, I'm not going to get out. Right. I'm not going to get, I, I, I survived. Right. I survived, you know, and I'm like, again, I proudly can say I survived on some of the tougher audiences where that I've went in and I had to, and I put myself in a position that had to dig myself out. And I, I and I'm proud of that though.
1: Listen, I um, pardon me, for, for, and I'm only doing this because this is part of the point of what we're talking about. So pardon me for tooting my own horn a little bit here, but in my, in my defense, it's like, dude, when I try something new and it don't go over, I will panic and quickly go, get him, get him, get him, get him. And that's when I go crowd work. And my crowd work, and I've said this on many nights, you know, if, I've, if, I've in, if I'm in the routine and the rhythm of doing the, the shit that I know that works, you get bored, right? And then you feel like, dude, of course it's gonna kill. You've done it a million times, but I feel like a fucking legit comic when I do crowd work, and s- some of the responses are as strong as the well-written bits, and that's coming off the dome, and I it makes me go, whew,
0: Damn, I am a comedian. Well, dude, I say it all the time to people. I said, if you haven't seen Ari Spears live, you haven't seen Ari Spears. You seen, you seen the clips. Even if it's a, even if it's just watching uh, one of your specials, right? When you watch that, it still doesn't have that authenticity of being in the moment, the, the moment in the room. Because, dude, I, I swear, I, I swear, you could you could write out a set list and do it and do those jokes, exact, and this and it will never sound that way ever again after that one time. It will sound different every single time. Right. Your fucking crowd work is on point, and. That's one of the things. And you, 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 this, okay. More dick riding. Let's do it. Hold on. <laughs> Zip. One of the best, one of the things that I've got out of working with you that I wouldn't have got out of with anybody else. You do crowd work. You just said that you compliment, you, right. you, you said, excuse me for complimenting myself, but yes, your, comp, your, your, your crowd work. Zone. Do you know how many people who do some crowd work or a little bit of crowd work, even a lot of, crowd, whatever. They'll, they'll look at their features and they'll be don't do any crowd work I do the crowd work <clears throat> don't do this kind of joke because I do this kind of don't do that you haven't done that you will tell me to go out there and do crowd work don't give a shit if you if I'm stepping on something Maybe. you're going to do because you know that you have such confidence in your crowd work and you're going to go above what I'm going to do anyway
2: right but
0: do you know how many how many comics wouldn't let me do that and when and I remember you asked me why don't you do any crowd work I go because you do crowd work you go well that doesn't make any sense
1: and I'm then I explained it and you' go well that's That's their problem. Somebody hit me up uh, on the post, on my post, and said, why would Dave work with you? (laughs) And then a couple of people responded back to him. "Uh, Motherfucker, Dave has people going out with him, a la Joe Rogan, a la uh, Donnell Rawlings, and Aries is 10 times better than them. Why wouldn't he have Aries go out out with him? And then I said, thank you, but to be honest, uh, most heavyweight champions... Don't want the undercard to be better than the main event, so I'm not without you know. No disrespect to Rogan and 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 Donnell, but I'm better than them. I'm stronger than them. See, I, and I'm not saying that Dave is ooh fearing me, but you you realize that if I were to go on with Dave, yo, I'm bringing the thunder just like him. And I'm not saying Dave, but most headliners don't want that. Well, you're right because they'd be afraid of being outshined.
0: I don't even think it's being outshined. I think it's I I think think that's
1: definitely it. I think that's part of it, but I think it's about
0: having to work, having to work again. You know, when you have a set- and you When out you're there, outshined, you have to, to work. work. Right. And what I was going to say about, uh, you know, I I, I think Donnell is fucking extremely funny. I think he's hysterical. And I think Joe Rogan's funny. Uh, you disagree with me on Rogan a little bit, but I think that he's extremely funny. Uh, but I think Dave wants people to challenge and push him.
1: I think he wants to you, you think to they push him and challenge him?
0: Rogan and Donnell? I don't think that he can take a night off with-, the, with Dude, have mm. you seen Donnell live?
1: Yes, I think Darnell is funny. I, think I he, don't think he comes anywhere close to challenging Dave or making Dave work. It's it's he brings funny, he brings laughter, he brings Patrice hard. Would laughter. do that. Patrice, Patrice would. would make Dave work. Patrice would. I'm not even sure that a Bill Burr would make Dave work.
0: I think Bill still makes. I think he makes. I think he makes people work. I think he would make Dave work. People work, not Dave. No, I think he makes Dave work too. I think you all. I think people challenge other people in different ways. Come on, man. I, I'm nowhere near the comic. And some nights I know that I had a good set. You went out there and I saw you go crush on me. Like you went out there and goes, Oh, you think that's good? Let me take this up one. So it challenges you no matter what.
1: That's just me being super egotistical. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to be the biggest dick in the room.
0: I, and I know I'm in trouble when you come out and you go, uh, When you said to me before, Oh, man, that, that's your audience. And then you go out there and just fucking destroy them so, so that, you know. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that um,
0: was your audience But uh,
1: okay. I made him mine Right um, Alright, let's get to the meat, man um, The transgender thing it, it, You know, I want to You want to do Space Juice first? Space Juice Space Juice Oh, I, I asked you in the green room What is Space Juice? Uh, you know, I, when, went I didn't back. get that when he said that and He did it
0: twice I went back just to make sure that it is what I thought it was Because I didn't want to say it Right. without it and I got I got a couple quick comments on this because I don't want to uh, because the the transgender part is 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 the focal point but space Jews is may, is the analogy about Jews leaving their homeland and then coming back and wanting their space again and and basically taking over space that someone else has already inhabited the right. Palestinians okay uh, so going there wasn't you know leaving their homeland leaving. Uh, And then coming back and wanting Israel and pushing the Palestinians out and away and running. But it's not a, it's two things are happening here. One, and it's a perspective. A lot of people have that perspective that Dave has. Dave is also a Muslim. And I understand that. And and that goes to a lot of what's happening in the Middle East. Uh, And that's the perspective because the Palestinians, especially the Palestinian Muslims, there's Palestinian Jews too, uh, they're under, uh, they're kind of under lock and key because the the, the possibility of attacking uh, Israel. So that is kind of what that was all about. And they leave and they come back and they want it, but to be, but they didn't leave. They were forced out. They came back and a, a, a lands were offered to uh, Jews. Right. And that was one of the lands offered. There were other lands that they could have taken uh, or w- would have been uh Gifted. Let me put it that way. They would have been gifted that land. They were gifted that land because it wasn't property. There was the Palestinians' property. Even the Palestinians lived there. Jordan had the rule over that land. That's how the Jews ended up with that property. Then there was the wars, and then it was what happened, and we've gotten to this point. He did, he kind of worked his way around it. It was fun. It was, and, but I wasn't mad about it because I understood. And you got to bring attention to it, whichever way. And I don't think he brought attention to it. People, some people called it anti-Sem- anti-Semitic. And this one guy said, and I read the article, he said, uh, uh if it's, if it feels like anti, semitism I just can't, I can't be about it. Well, right. that doesn't make any sense if it feels like it is it, or isn't it? And right. was it a story that he told? Yeah. Uh, I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. I think there's improvements that need to be made, uh, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't sit there and pound down it or draw on it and, and just continue to beat it up. I didn't find it anti-Semitic. I found it uh, interesting to evoke a conversation. And I think if you don't understand what comedy can do and what Dave's doing, he's creating the conversation. He's and then he's putting it out there. And and that is the mo- And as I said when we had uh, brother Riza Islam on the podcast, the most important thing we can do is have the conversation. So. I didn't. I didn't take it that same way, and I went back and listened to make sure. I thought that's what it might have been, but you know that was such a sidebar to this whole uh, special that I didn't. Right. I didn't really. I wanted to make sure, and I went back and listened to that. Just I, that's all I listened to. I haven't listened to it a second time. I just went back and listened to that joke. Oh, Okay. So that's that's what it was.
1: Um, you know, I gotta. I'm. I'm I think every comic right now, and I, I, I wish more of the powerful comedians that exist would all band together and form like Voltron, because it seems like Dave is the only one really pushing this fight. Um, But, you know, I feel like comedy right now is just completely under siege and and is being attacked, um, you know, by the LGBTQ community and the transgender community. Uh, A lot of communities. A lot of communities. Not not just those. But but this is the one that's bringing the most heat. Um, And I love the... The message and that Dave said in this, in terms of fighting for us and fighting for my people, and 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 let me let me say right off the top again, no disrespect to the LGBTQ community and the trans community, nothing but love, and 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 but I think the magical word here and the magical word has been perspective, and I allude to the part where Dave said they don't. Listen, and I think if they had first, if they first will listen and then maintain perspective, we could stop this unnecessary bullshit. Um, But that's why I brought up what that
0: Jewish writer said, if it sounds anti-Semitic, so if it sounds transphobic, I can't get I'm against it when you didn't listen.
1: Right. Listen first. Well, and and I want to emphasize again. No one should, listen, everyone's rights should be protected. No no one's rights should be taken away. Nobody's, you know, liberties should be violated. No one should have to endure a life of physical harm and death. Uh, Now that we've established that and we all know that, again, perspective. You know, if Dave was making jokes that were anti-life, uh, uh, anti-human rights, anything vocal that led to violence, I'd be right there to go, yeah, this motherfucker's wild. I'm talking about jokes, man. At the end of the day, we're talking about jokes. And, you know, when I hear, like, the, the, the uh, somebody from the, I thought it was the LGBT community, but you said it was a black group. That hit up Netflix. It's black. Cons- I, I, I forgot the name of it. I can look it up. Okay, but it was it idea. was a it was a black group. And whether it was a black group or someone, a big head honcho from the LGBTQ and transgender community that hit Netflix up and said, "Pull the special," because this is a very dangerous time. More transgenders are are being hurt and harmed and killed at an alarming rate. So pull the special. And again, Dave didn't say anything that led to the kind counter- of verbal that said any kind of verbal rhetoric that's leading to that we're talking about jokes and my thing is this let's be honest we all every race every gender every human being throughout history has had to deal with taking shit has had to be had to deal with ridicule and 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 fucked up circumstances we all have but if i'm being completely honest here in this country. As far as victims go, black people, we have been the Babe Ruth's of victims. We have been the Michael Jordan of victims. 400 years of slavery and oppression, lynchings, separation from families, robbed of identity. You know the deal. Then the 60s, civil rights, church bombings, our children dying in them, being murdered in them. Our leaders, Medgar, Malcolm, Martin, assassinated dogs, water hoses, police brutality, from the time we've been brought here all the way till still today. Is it as bad as it once was? Of course not. But are we still having to take shit? Yes. But through all of that, we laugh. And laughter is obviously the antidote to either killing yourself, crying, or slapping the shit out of a motherfucker Or committing mass murder because it is a release. It is is the antidote that we need to get us through the tough times and to feel good. And I I, I said, I want to one day make this movie a comedy called Slavery. Because I got to believe it would be insane to not think that at no point slaves didn't laugh. As dark as that period was in American history, America's greatest sin, I'm sure slaves laughed. Does the, it, it, yeah, the conditions may have still been what they were and fucked up, but you got to laugh. And my whole thing is, again, as, as we go through this life, and I said when I want to make this movie because my inspiration was Mel Brooks and Blazing Saddles. I want to make it in that tone. And through all of what we've gone through, you don't see black people trying to cancel motherfuckers, trying to end people's livelihood and, and, and stop them from making money. Now, again, we're talking about within the world of art. We've had, we done canceled some motherfuckers and rightly so in real life, but we're talking about art. We're talking about jokes. And I just find it ironic that from a community like the LGBTQ and transgenders who scream equality, 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 you want equality, but you want it when it works for you. And that's not how this works. Again, if it was life-threatening, if it was rhetoric that talked about taking your, your 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 rights, that's another ball game. We're talking about jokes, man. We're talking about art. And before yeah. I give you the floor, I'm just saying if black people could endure all of that and be made fun of along with every other race group and, and, and women and other genders, if we can endure. And we've been going through it. Why can't you? Well,
0: first of all, I, I like I, again, going to Dave, I haven't heard anything threatening in any of the At all. At Someone it's jokes. jokes. And, but some jokes can be misguided in the way that they are perceived. So I understand uh, some of that pushback. But well, not well, anything that I heard Dave said. I know there's transphobic jokes out there that are transphobic. Right. I didn't hear that in Dave's jokes. Dave comes across, and he says exactly how he feels about it. And if you don't like that, you could say, "I don't like this joke. I don't like how you feel about it." And, and people are doing that, uh, but that's what the conversation happens from this.
1: And if uh, just, just quick, if we're all going to be responsible for what other people do once they hear us say what we say, especially if it's if it's not rhetoric that is is promoting. Uh, harming people and 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 shit like that, well, then we might as well stop everything we're doing. Because there's always going to be nuts out there that look for bullshit excuses to want to do what they were going to do regardless as if they heard it or not. Nuts are nuts.
0: But to go on top of this, what you just said, uh, there are, obviously, uh, there are people that are, are, are black people that are involved in the uh, LGBTQT community. So there, there. I mean, this is also something challenging for them because it's not just about uh, the, where they fall in, in the black community, but also where they fall in that LBGTQ community. So, I, I mean, that that's also a, a, another challenge to to the conversation. Uh, but again, as I, you're not, you haven't arrived as uh, as a culture. I'm, I'll do that. You haven't arrived as a culture. Until you get made fun of, I mean, it, it, that's how you know that you are in the that you are now in this. You occupy a space in culture because now someone made jokes. Until those jokes come, Irish, Italians, now they're just looked at as uh, now you just say they're Europeans. Right. But they all were under under a joke. There, I, I had a I had growing up, I had a Polish Italian joke book. And it was all just Polish and Italian jokes. And they were actually, uh, some of them were, you know, especially the Polish jokes were not kind to Polish people, but that's Mm. part. I'm not saying we should, we should go backwards. And now we have to be unkind, but they're jokes. And if they're, if they caused a conversation and not uh, like you said, uh, injury, then I, I don't have a problem with that. And this is what's even more specific. Free speech is, is a right Um, free speech needs to be protected. And if I'm saying things that you enjoy, there's no need to protect those. If I'm saying things that you don't like, those are the speech that needs to be protected. Now, there is a difference between hate speech, but I didn't find hate in anything that Dave said.
1: Not to mention, as you go back to- to And as Finesse Mitchell told me from Saturday Night Live for me, he said, hey man, when it ain't funny, it's hate speech. Yeah. Now, the part that gets sketchy is funny subjective. So if you don't think that it's funny, then you view it as hate speech when it may not be, when it clearly isn't. So now we play in a slippery slope game.
0: Well, the other side of that is, though, so, especially for comedians, and I, I'm more on not just on Dave but on comedians. Listen, if you have a problem with what we do in our house, which is our comedy room or dojo, stay out of the fucking dojo. You know I mean? Because you Welcome know to my motherfucking dojo. Because we're not going to your house to tell you this. We're not trying to ruin your day.
1: And Dave said that he said to the lady, "Did I come follow you and do my act?" You came to him.
0: So if you're coming in and you want to critique it, that's fine. Do what you want to do. But this is the space that we're talking. And if we're not, if we're not advocating for hate, and we're not advocating for injury. Uh, I don't know what you're mad about because we're advocating for a conversation. And when Dave was saying, and J.K. Rowling said, uh, gender is a fact. Okay. Oh, that was
1: brilliant.
0: But then if you disagree with that statement, there's the conversation. Let me tell you why I disagree that it's not a fact. And let him go back and talk. And this is how we get somewhere. But you don't get anywhere when you're just mad.
1: Right. Um, you know, you often would say to me about you use the term punching down. Yeah. And, you know, when you may, if you if you're good looking and you make fun of ugly people, you're punching down. If you're skinny and you're in shape and you make fun of fat people, you're punching down. And most of the time that's frowned upon because it's almost like the stronger beating up on the weak. And I never bought into any into that always believed funny is money. As hard as it may be because of the situation, that's the genius. There's a diamond in every piece of coal, and it may be hard to get to, but if you know what you're doing and you can extract that diamond, that's what separates the men from the boys in terms of genius. So when Dave gave the description, which I never even knew, of what punching down meant, And then tied it back around towards the end when he said, by the gay community doing and the trans community doing what you're doing, you're punching down on my people. And based on the definition, I didn't I I never saw it that way, but it was accurate.
0: It is accurate because punching down. and, And I did like what he added to that, which I've never said before, is you have to think of that other group as less than. That's part of the joke to make it. If it's funny, if if it's funny in a negative way, you're making them less than I'll never forget this. Uh, there's two things I want to get to, and this is going back to what you just said, but I want to get to this one other point though, too. Um, I'll never forget this day. I I was in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I was at this bar and I might be wrong. You can tell me if I'm wrong. I'm at this bar and it's in Scottsdale. And it it, it was, it's, it was, it was a bar, a lot of white people. It was mainly white people. And, uh, there was a ton uh, of this group in the corner must've been like 75 people just in this corner, a big party. And uh, this girl said, Hey, where is so-and-so? And And it happened. And uh, I knew the guy and I looked over and in that 75, there was one black dude. Right. And behind him was the white guy that he was, that she was looking for. Right. And, he goes, "Do you know where he is?" I said, "See the black dude right there? Right there, the right there in the middle of that big group? He's right behind him." She goes, "Oh my god." Cuz you said black dude. You, you just you said black a, a black dude. You 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 gave me directions based on on his color. <laughs> he goes, "Do you don't think that's racist?" And I go, not only don't I think it's racist, I think it was necessary that there's 70 to you, to the fuck you gotta get 74 to. white people, one black dude, and he's behind him. You really can't see him. I had to saw his head pop out from behind. Right. him. That's the only way I could tell you there. And you know why it's not racist? Because I didn't look at him as segregating him as he's the black guy and everybody else is the white guy. I gave it to you for directions. I saw him as an equal person. How did you tell her? Look at you said, what? See, I said, see that big group over there? You see that one black dude right there, right there. Right.
1: He's behind him because yeah. you couldn't see him. Stop. You know what makes it racist? What? Say it again and then I'll fill in. Okay. it. Okay. See that?
0: All those people over there. See that? Black see that
1: man? nigga right there? Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but what, now it's racist. And what I said to her is I don't think of him. I don't think as black less than white. Right. But I was using it to let you know where that guy was because right. you can't see him from where you're standing. Right. But I know, sure as hell no, you saw the black guy. <laughs> right. And if you think that me pointing out that the black guy was there and you think that that's racist because you saw him right. as less than the white people around him. Right. So I don't think my description was racist. I think your thought process was
1: racist. Here, here, uh, folks, this was one of those moments where I think if Andy said, nigga, instead of me saying it, it would have been hilarious. And in the context of which we are talking, it would have been perfect. I know that there's some people that follow this podcast long enough that would agree with me. Well, I wish you would have just when I said to you, "Hey, man," but say it again. But and you knew exactly where to go and get the lob and dunk it. It
0: would have been great if I would have done it in her voice and then used it because that's what she,
1: That's what was in her head. Wait a minute, that 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 nigga right there. <laughs> that's the nigga that raped me, Daddy. <laughs> that's June Buck spade.
0: Um, okay. I really quick. Can I do this? Yeah. And because I think you'll have a comment on this, right? As Dave discusses this and, uh, he does talk about the trans community, the trans community. And there's this outcry that it's racist, even though they are uh, not racist. It's a uh, bigoted. It's like, right. What do they say? What, what are they saying? It's ra- It's homophobic, homophobic and transphobic. <laughs> let me, let me use the right vernacular. So that's what they're saying. Uh, even though I don't feel that it's hate speech, and I don't feel that it was hatred was in it, I felt it was it, it was a conversation. This other groups are saying that Dave needed to stop talking about R. Kelly, right? Because R. Kelly was normalizing what R. Kelly is accused, what was accused, and eventually found guilty of doing, right? How can one be normalizing and one be demeaning?
1: Right. Well, it almost takes me back to Dave's special for what it's worth. When he talked about R. Kelly and he said, how old is 15 really? And then he used the example of the black kid who was 15, who killed a friend at school doing a wrestling move and they put him in jail. But yet uh, R. Kelly, uh, or maybe I'm fucking this up. It was that, but uh I'm 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 fucking it up because I don't know the exact words that Dave used to describe it, but it was basically that. It was a question of how old is fifteen really? Like, how do you differentiate between what you just said? I just can't remember the bit.
0: I, I just I <sighs> just hate that you you want to use what he says in ways that that one one side is it's demeaning and the other side you're uplifting. I I think people are picking and choosing and and it depends on what argument they want to make. And I don't think either of these arguments are correct.
1: Going back to the J.K. JK Rowling's thing. Yeah. And here's what I loved about Dave making this point. This is such a a, a sensitive issue that they canceled J.K. Rowling's, but without ever stopping to think, does she have a point? Like, if if you're a woman and, and this is where it gets, you know, I'm going to say this because I feel like I don't know how to get around it. So I have to say it. But I know this is where the danger comes. If you're a real woman, because God forbid you suggest they're not real women. But to Dave's point, if you're a real woman, you have hot flashes. You have periods. You give birth. You nurture life in your womb. And JK, J.K. Rowling's thing was... That's what we are, team turf. So, you know, I have a problem with being a real woman and you claiming to be that, but you don't go through what we go through. And then Dave used the example of, you know, uh, Bruce Jenner won Woman of the Year, was on the cover of whatever the magazine is as Woman of the Year. And he goes, that'd be like me being a BET. And they're going in the winner for Nigger of the Year, Eminem. Oh, my man. Which was brilliant. Yeah. And and this is, again, what makes Dave brilliant. If you don't have the way, the, the the ability to find the diamond in that rough, which was him using the Eminem example. That's when you viewed as, you know, this monster, this 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 hate monger. But when you when you not only find the diamond in the rough, which makes it funny, but also makes it well, a good point.
0: Yeah, he he makes a great point, but here's here's one of the problems, and you 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 kind of stepped into
1: the the trap, the oh shit trap. Yeah, you did because you used the term real woman. That's why I, I was saying I don't know how else to say that to make the point without making the point. Uh, what's uh, organic? Okay, there yeah. we go. I don't know. I don't. No, know. no. I'm, I, not even, I, I'm not even. I'm not even being funny because Dave's joke was about organic. He said, you know, yeah. Uh, like beyond meat, he called it beyond pussy. And when he went, and this was so brilliant. When God, when he goes, it's, it's pussy. But you know what I mean? Yeah. D- yeah. D- because it danced right where you were thinking. Like you can't say it, but you're thinking it. Like yeah, you call it pussy, but you know what I mean?
0: But and that the genius of that. Even past the comedy of it or past the the idea of it, by him not saying and saying, you know what I mean? If you knew what he meant, then how are you mad
1: at him? You're thinking it. That's why you know what he means. So then, yeah, how can you be mad if you thought it? But if he says it, now you're like, you just said, you stepped into the shit trap. Because
0: you said it. That's why they're thinking it. Not, I didn't say it and they were thinking it. So that's part of the genius there of that move right there. That was that was uh, that was a very intellectual move that he made. But all that is, and, and getting back to what, what you were just saying, and I said real. I think I, I I'm understanding. I'm doing my best to try to understand this. Okay. So here's here's how I how I kind of see this. When you said I'm going to say biology, bio- biology, biological, biological. It's you're you female. Uh, or assigned female at birth. I always think that's a funny word, assigned. You're not assigned. Right. They take a picture of you, of you and if you have a dick, you're a dude. If you have a vagina, you're, right. like, you're a girl. And then there is some in between there. There's sermaphrodites. There's, there's, right. there's, there's, there is there's biology that gives you difference, and and this is where we could base uh, science that say that we are neither. We are neither because we're both born of men and women, so we have all that. So, but as you're born, you're genetically assigned a, a, a male or female. So, if we do that, but isn't there culture? Like, don't females grow up in a female culture where they have to like go? You know, besides the fact that you said have a child, you know, uh, hot flashes, you know, have a period. Take that out of it. Uh, there's a culture, though. Even if, you, even if you're never going to have a kid, even if you're not going to do those things, as a young girl, you have to go to a gynecologist. You have to go. There's things that you have to do as a woman. There's uh, getting hit on by, by people that you don't want to get hit on, by by walking down the streets and feeling like you're uh, you, you're in jeopardy. There's, there's things that women go through that's culturally women, for that women have to go through. And the reason I bring this up, and I'm not trying to say one is right and one is wrong. It's the idea that I'm trying to get out here. If, if I if, if I wanted to all of a sudden identify as black and I could take vitamins and different things to, to change my skin color and be that, be that look, culturally, would I ever be that? Because if I didn't grow up in
1: that, if I didn't grow up that way, could I ever really be that? Well, we that's not even a far stretch in terms of take I mean you don't ta- you don't have to take no pills there's white boys who we've seen them okay. who act like niggas and they'll say they because they grew up around niggas you know they wear the hat leaning the way we do maybe an excessive amount of jewelry some diamonds some diamonds in their teeth they got the swagger they got the tone of a nigga
0: so culturally are they black no no okay
1: theoretically uh 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 culturally they technically
0: can, no because they could I'll take that shit off and they could go walk on the other side of town and they would be whoever. Whether
1: you take it off or not, at the end of the day, you are not that. Okay. You're simply not that. Because culturally, you aren't that.
0: Not, you just aren't. That That's, so, but I'm not saying that you couldn't still be in that uh, atmosphere. You couldn't be part of that community. You couldn't be in that, but you're not going to be that.
1: Yeah, you just, Stepped in the shit trap. <laughs> no, I, no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying because you can't. No, no, I'm just saying yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. But based on what you're saying, the fact that you're even saying that, you're in the shit trap.
0: Well, what I'm saying is <clears throat> this is why when we get to Caitlyn Jenner and he says she wasn't, which well, wasn't even a woman a whole year. Culturally, she, ha- and I, I don't think I'm stepping in because I'm going to say it this way. Culturally, Caitlyn came to this with all the privileges that bruce had as a white man right now he doesn't bring that female culture to what he to what he to what she is now now i say that he could have been identified as a woman he could want to be a woman he can grow up and change himself to being a woman and i'm not going to say that he's not a real woman He's not an organ- He didn't grow up organically as a woman. He didn't grow up as, as biologically as a woman. Uh, that's okay. And he could still be a woman. I'm going to give him that. But culturally, going through what women have to go through as a child to adulthood, he didn't have to do that. Doesn't that make a difference somewhere?
1: I'm not- I think, s- I think it certainly makes a difference to the people who have to deal with all the shit naturally because they are that. You know, this this don't just come with pros. It comes with cons. Right. And when you don't have to endure the cons and you just now jump in and say, I'm that. Give me the pros.
0: And I'm not saying- People have a problem with that. And I'm not saying to make a decision to become a different gender is a huge decision. And that comes with its own cons. I'm not saying that you can't be that. But to say that you're that and then demand that you get treated exactly like that I mean, I'm talking about uh, issues with sports. I'm talking – and they're minor issues. But this is a relatively quick change. I mean, it's been around forever. But the fact that we can do this medically now. Right. And to, and, and and not to think that there's going to be some hiccups, some, uh, so, some challenges, some legal ideas on how we get there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and everybody who pushes back on it because they're looking at the other side. Right. How are those people – Bad people. Some I'm going to say flat out, there are some people that have no room for this, and they're horrible people. Uh, as far as not understanding that some people can biologically be one thing and, and emotionally and feel and, and be another, be something else, and and they had to live their whole life that way. And if this is a process that could change for them, fantastic. But there's people who are completely against that. I'm not against that. I'm for. And this goes to what Dave said. I think there's, there's there's levels, and I think that we have to have the conversation. And I don't think that people should be canceled because, it, because you're trying to figure it out. Because some of the people that are involved in the transgender community, they have to figure it out. They had to figure it out, and they were given a lifetime to figure it out. And we're supposed to change relatively quickly to suit the needs uh, that we don't even understand yet. I I I, I just, I got to finish by just saying, I'm not advocating against anyone in what I just said. I'm advocating for people who need to have a conversation and still want to understand it. Because what I just said is I don't, I I think that especially for men that transition into women, you did come with some privilege. I know it's difficult. I know that there's with that privilege, you also didn't feel comfortable. And there's some other things. There's a lot of other things that go into this, but you're, the challenge there for me to not say that there is some different, there's some differences. I I just, I need to have more conversation.
1: Let me ask you this. And again, I think the, the key thing to always be said is no one is advocating violence. No one is saying that you shouldn't be treated or you should be treated less than, or have your rights taken away. That being said, can we just say or admit that there are some people out there who just, and again, I don't, I, I, I'm not trying to step in the shit trap, but I, In having the conversation, certain words need to be used. Do you think that there are just people out there who just flat out go, it's disturbing to me? Yeah. The idea of it is disturbing. Yeah. And because it disturbs them, they're like, they're like, you know, when your parents, Get to a certain age or your grandparents where you know, hey, my grandmother, my grandfather's a good motherfucker, but they old, man, they stuck in their ways. So they may say some off the wall shit, some racist shit. And while it's wrong, they're stuck in their ways. They're my grandparents. Some people are, you know, they're unmovable in, in their belief system. Does that really make them horrible because they just view it that way? Along, as long as they're not hurting you or taking anything away.
0: Well, I don't even, the problem is, I don't think those are the people that are, are getting canceled. It's people who are talking and having the conversation, trying to develop a conversation. I, I really think Dave intellectually is, is, this is why Dave is a better comic than I'll ever be, intellectually superior. I think that he's using that ability to, to, to further along the conversation. Just because you don't like the conversation doesn't mean it isn't a conversation that needs to be had. Right. And I think that the problem is, first of all, let me, let, me, let, let's, let, let, me, let me put it in a black and white term. If someone's a racist, like a, just hates blacks, you know they hate blacks, they stay over there, unless short of like taking them out, you know they're going to be over there. You just don't deal with that because there's, that is not going to change. You know where the we know where Ku Klux Klan headquarters are? That's not going to change. It's it's the people in the in the middle that are are the people who are reasonable, the people who have thoughts that you could say that's not you're not thinking about it the right way and to have this conversation.
1: And, and you know, I thought to myself, you know, canceling Dave or canceling comics or trying to cancel that part of the art is not going to change the reality. In terms of what you just said, it exists, but you can't, and it's going to exist. You, you fight the fights that you can fight and you, hopefully you can win them where you can win them, but they gotta be worth fighting and and jokes and art is not worth the fight. Well,
0: but see, that's the other part of this. You're fighting the people that you can who who are willing to have the conversation and make the difference. You're not trying to fight the person that doesn't, there's nothing, you're not doing anything about them. But you're canceling and ruining people that we can have got that are, are want to have the conversation, who want to, to be a, have a better place to live, to want to have a better world. And to go after certain people, I don't understand. Is Do we not try to have a conversation, debate? Uh, it's only unless you agree with me 100%, I can't have a conversation with you. And this is part of the social media world where there is no give and take because it isn't a discussion. It's typing, it's words and it goes out there. And then that's what you're stuck with. Even if you change your mind, that's what you're stuck with. Someone will bring that up 20 years later. That's what you're stuck with.
1: Yeah. It just pisses me off because again, my thing is, you know, if, if we were talking about real life, actual real life, and Dave even, uh, 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 I told you I saw the thing on TV where he performed at the Hollywood bowl. And I told you all these Brad Pitt, Bradley Cooper, John Hamm, Tiffany Haddish all came out to see him. And, uh, Dave was quoted as saying, uh, any, he, and he name, a couple of credible news, NBC and some other networks. And he said, fuck this network. Fuck that network. Um, uh, we talking about real life. Like th- th- again, this is people's livelihood and, 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 Motherfuckers is losing jobs, the ability to put food on their kids, their kids' table, pay the mortgage over jokes. And 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 again, if if he was promoting anything outside of art or, or saying anything that led to the, to the demise of the LGBTQ community or the transgender community, that's a whole nother conversation. We are talking about art. We are talking about jokes. And this is the part where I gotta say, Again, sorry to sound repetitive, but all people of all races had to endure, especially black folks. And we're still having to fight our fights. But if we can take time out to laugh and be made fun of while we fight our fights and keep certain things in perspective, y'all got to suck it the fuck up, man, and knock it the fuck off. Yeah. Because just like you'll complain that... Your lives are being affected by jokes. You canceling motherfuckers for jokes are affecting the wrong people's lives or you're affecting their lives. If you want to affect the right, you want to affect certain people's lives that are fucking with y'all, fuck, fuck, destroy the lives of the people who are talking about violence and who are talking about treating you unequal and taking your, your rights away. What's about jokes, man? Suck it the fuck up. And that's why I'm saying I'm glad Dave is leading the fight, but I wish all the big name comics would all stand with him and fight this fight. Because if they don't, this ain't going to do nothing but ruin more comics. And that's ridiculous. Because if it's, if they
0: cancel you for what you say at where you go to tell your jokes, enough is enough. They're going to cancel you because you said something at your house. They're gonna cancel. And they don't for, seem far fetched. They're gonna cancel you for something you thought, not even acted on, just thought having a con this right now that we're having is a conversation. This is an exchange of ideas and exchange of thoughts. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying this is a conversation that needs to be had so that everybody can get to the same place. Or at least a, a, a large amount of us can get to the same place. But you can't have it. You can't have it if no one can step outside uh the area of comfortability and say something and get it wrong. We might get it wrong. <clears throat> because that's part of understanding. Sometimes someone says something wrong and you explain why that's not right and you know what? Now a lot of people understand why it was wrong. But if you just cancel a motherfucker, now you just made uh allies and then you made people that are
1: against you. That's all you're making. Dude, I've never seen stand up that almost made me cry. And you know, in equanimity, he got me close when he did, when he ended with the beautiful way he wrapped it up with the Emmett Till thing. And this is what I mean when I say listening and then there's leaning in listening. Right. When he did that, I leaned in that Emmett till the way he told that Emmett Till story and then wrapped it up, of course, with that. And I kicked her in the pussy. My hairs on my arms stood up. I had goosebumps. When he told the story about Daphne, the transgender woman, I didn't, I didn't cry, but, I, I got emotional, I got teared up. It was so beautifully done. I had tears. It man. was beautifully I done. I had tears. When he, because I didn't see him saying, yo, she killed herself. And even the audience went. <gasps> and then after that, the whole, she would have enjoyed this joke. And then I met her. If I when I meet her, her daughter, I'm gonna say, I knew your father. She was a great woman. And then the whole stop punching down on my people. That rhythm from beginning to end. <sighs> and through having the conversation or the joke or the segment, he made you feel what could spark the change. If you felt like, ooh, transgenders. Ooh. After hearing that story, any amount of empathy you have as a human being, any type of emotion, heart, you might have went, damn. I might change how I think. Or I'm, I'm at least willing to have the conversation where I wouldn't have had it before. And that also is the power of art. And you want to cancel that? You want to close the door on possibility? Come on, man. Knock it off. Y'all got to toughen the fuck up. Um, we're, we're past time. Yeah, we're done. We're done. You want to add anything to that? Nah, uh watch it the closer it's it's fucking brilliant. Um yeah, I, that's it for me unless you want to announce some dates. I'm going to bring out. I'll this. give some
0: dates. I just want to say uh, in conclusion on my end on this. <laughs> this is not uh this is not trying to be transphobic. This wasn't trying to be that at all. This was being pro conversation. Right. And yes. I, and I think that that is important because listen, as much as I don't understand uh everything about The trans community. I'm going to tell you, I don't. I'm not against understanding more. I would like to understand more. I'm not against you. I want you to succeed and feel comfortable and confident in who you are. I just have questions that haven't been answered. Do I need the answers? No, unless I, I don't need the answers. You can go about your life without me having those answers and that's fine. But if you want me not to say the wrong thing, or if you want to feel or leave a group of people that don't understand, that's fine, too, if that's what you want. But don't cancel me, then, if I don't understand. And you may never understand. I may not. And that's your right. But I, like I've said to you, Eric, I said it many times. I'll never understand what it's like to be black. I couldn't be around you every day. I could walk down the street with you every day. I didn't grow up in your shoes. I'll never understand it. I'll never, I can I can empathize with it. I can appreciate to the difficulties that I can see. Right. But will I ever understand it? No. So that needs to be understood also in that in the community. All communities that are different uh, as we go through with it different, and when I say different I mean different than the person standing across from you they are not going to understand you unless it's explained and still there's never it's never 100% because we only know what
1: we go through and I second everything he said in my closing is toughen the fuck up I, know, I love it if, if black people can take it why can't you and we've been taking it 10 times harder than anybody else ever has all right Musically. uh Oh, wait, you do. You, you oh, get rid of that now. do the dates.
0: Uh, October 13th, I'm going to be at Tempe Improv. That's in just a few days. I will be uh, doing a charity event and working on my hour that will be recorded sometime in February. But uh, it's for Gateway Academy, which is a school my son True went to. And True will be out there hosting the show with me. And uh, Dana Winston is a fine comic from out of Arizona. She's very funny. And she's going to be on the show as well. Uh, October uh, 15th to the 16th, Aries is in Tampa. Uh, in get I, I always forget where that's actually. Ebor City. Ebor City, uh, and then October 22nd through the 24th, we meet back up in West Palm Improv. October 29th through the 30th, we are in Orlando uh, Improv, and then looking forward to November 4th through the 7th, we're in back in California at the Ontario
1: Improv. Yeah, and that'll be another Brother RZA episode. Um, all right, we've played this brother on here before. Uh, to those of you who go, man, I paid you and you ain't got to me yet. Why are he getting a third time? He shot me a lot of coinage and I uh, had to put my yarmulke on. Well, he also gives paper. you the
0: right information.
1: Uh, yeah, that too. So for uh, for f- f- one more time, uh, uh, b- 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 Maurice Dotson, The Doctor. Uh, songs called ba It sounds like McDonald's. ba 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 The Doctor uh wall, wall, wall can't stop the rain uh enjoy see y'all next week same bad time same bad channel we out ya
0: the Spears and Steinberg Podcast. If you'd like to know who's responsible for this shit, well, it was hosted by Aries Spears and Andy Steinberg, produced by Steve Merrick and Anthony Holmes, executive producer, Big Papa, Robert Kelly, and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcast. For more information on where to find us on the internet, visit www.spearsbergpod.com.